Hey everyone, I am super excited for you to listen to this episode of the Love Story series sponsored by my book, It's a Love Story, which is on sale now. Today I host fellow Bachelor recapper, podcaster, and author Knox McCoy. Thanks for our mutual friend, Melanie Shankle, I started following Knox's podcast, The Popcast, a few years ago, and I haven't turned back. If you love pop culture, you will love the show he hosts with his business partner, Jamie Golden. And his book, The Wondering Years, is one of my latest, greatest favorite books. I have links to all the things in the show notes, so make sure to check them out or just go to knoxmccoy.com and dig around. And oh, sign up for his newsletter. Trust me. This week, we discuss The Wedding Singer. I need to disclaim three things before you listen. One, I beat my desk like this a lot in a way that like you're laughing so hard, you're beating the desk. That's that's what I was doing because I was laughing so hard several times, which is my number two. I laugh and laugh and laugh so much that I had to cut the interview in half because it was so long and so good. But with time, I just had to edit it. I'm so sorry, Knox. And finally, in the podcast, when we talk about George, he's the guy in the wedding band who looked like Boy George. I talk about him singing the song, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? Except I say, do you really want to love me? Because I had love on the brain. I need you to know that I know my culture club. So... I understand that I said it wrong, and I'm sorry about that. I do know the difference. And The Wedding Singer is a stellar piece of pop culture as a movie as well as a soundtrack. Both give you life. Why do I claim that so boldly? Just listen to this synopsis. Set in 1985, what a good year, Adam Sandler plays a nice guy with a broken heart who's stuck in one of the most romantic jobs in the world, a wedding singer. He loses all hope when he's abandoned at the altar by his fiance Linda. He meets a young woman named Julia, who's played by Drew Barrymore, who enlists his help to plan her wedding. Of course, he falls in love with her and must win her over before she gets married, which is okay because we don't like her guy. The wedding singer taught us many things. For example, if you're going through a breakup, try writing a song about it, or a poem maybe, or have the mutants at Table 29 help you proclaim love stinks in front of an entire wedding party. That should make you feel better. But most of all, we learned something that I believe can transcend time. Don't let anyone wear your Van Halen t-shirt. They'll jinx the band, then they'll break up, and it'll be your fault. That's why my Taylor Swift and Justin Timberlake concert tees are safe and sound in a secure lockbox under my bed. You can never be too safe. Hey everyone, I'm Lindsay and welcome to the I Hate Green Beans podcast. During each episode, I'll be discussing television, movies, music, and books with friends who love pop culture as much as I do. For those of you wondering, yes, we will be talking about the Bachelor franchise. And no, I do not want to try your grandmother's famous green bean casserole recipe. But thanks for offering. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I am here with Knox McCoy, one of my uh, favorite people in the world, and he has no idea because I lightly stalk him on social media, but it's fine. It's not weird. Because... We all do some light stalking <laughs> on social media. Don't it's we? fine. Don't we? And it's one of those things where it's like you think, oh, we're friends. We're totally friends, but but that's probably more in my head than it is in your head. And the reason <laughs> the reason why I know you, which I, this is my very favorite, one of our mutual friends, Melanie Shankle, 
Mm-hmm. Um, she is friend. I'm friends with her because I, I probably, I stalked my way into her life too. I covered her book for entertainment weekly and then, um, I needed a cover and I said, Hey, can you send me a cover of your book? She said, yes. And so it was out there. And then I thought, Hey, will you teach me how to write a book? And I drove to <laughs> San Antonio and just sat at her feet for two hours as she just dumped really? all this. Inf- yes. <laughs> Melanie, t- um, posted on Instagram something like this. If you're not listening to the Popcast podcast, you're missing out and you're a dumb person. Something along <laughs> those lines. And because I do everything Melanie tells me to, I immediately went and checked y'all out. So you are noxandjamie.com, which is the Popcast with Knox and Jamie. So you have a co-host with you, Jamie Golden, and you have been doing a pop culture podcast. How I only found out about it like three years ago is beyond me because that is my wheelhouse and my sweet spot. But you've been doing it for a while. And then you even spun off into another podcast called the Bible binge, which is a series. So it's not all weeks, but it's a series. And you should check that out too, because again, my sweet spot, what if the Bible was now with celebrities? What? I I just can't get my head around (laughs) it. It's so great. So tell everybody how long you have been podcasting. Well, that's a that's a very kind introduction, and I think anybody uh, wanting to do something smart, like just listen to Melanie Schenkel, mm-hmm. and you'll probably like do a good job at it. You'll probably have a good life for yourself. So, mm-hmm. kudos to you. Okay. Yeah, uh, I gosh, I think I've been I've been podcasting. I think since 2012, uh, Jamie Golden and I, my my uh, business partner, we have done the podcast uh, since 2013. Um, and then I think we, sp- we started the Bible binge last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been, uh, we've been at it for a while. I, I recently, well, it was about a year ago. I moved, I grew up in Tennessee. Uh, and then last year, about a year ago, uh, my family and I moved to Birmingham where Jamie lives and our, our COO, Aaron Moon, uh, she lives so we could kind of make, you know, as, as dubious as it sounds to have a podcast company, we're like, who knows? Let's try. Let's go mm-hmm. for it. So that's what we've been uh, working on for the last year. And one thing that you guys do, it's to your it's to your Patreon supporters, but even this last week, we got a little taste of it. You do Bachelor recaps, which you know I love with my whole heart. And I think that's right. that but is We're one. both, because that's both, both been uh, close to our hearts, because how long... I know how long I've been, how long have you, you've been writing for like a really long time, right? Yes. I, um, stumbled into it by accident in 2003. So Firestone was my first season. Wow. Nobody counts the first two. Nobody cares about Alex and Aaron. I mean, they don't even know their names. So Firestone, I feel was whenever Chris Harrison and team and Mike Fleiss found their sweet spot, you know, you give somebody a helicopter and a hot tub and let them go. And that's when I started, but I know you now, have one so too, So why did right? you, what led, what led you to start? Because 2003, like people, people don't realize that was before like recapping was really a thing. You yes. know, I, feel, I always feel like I, this might not be gospel, but I always feel like lost mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. knighted and formalized the recap mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. So for anyone who was doing it then, or like a little before, I'm really interested in what that motivation was. It, again, pure accident and also Mm. pure making fun of what was going on. So I just wrote what I thought about the show. But back in the day, Chris Harrison um, would email me and say, oh, I can't wait for you to see this or make sure you stay tuned for that. And it was fun. And then one day 
he had a blog where he was recapping The Bachelor for, I want to say, Entertainment Weekly. And I emailed him and was like, dude, stealing my thunder, man. And he never <laughs> responded. <laughs> He's so dreamy. Oh, my gosh. Listen, okay, dreaminess <laughs> aside, what, like, how capable is he as an actual host of a TV show? Are you able to be objective in this way? Or are you like, I, I cannot be objective about Chris Harrison? I cannot be objective about Chris Harrison. However, okay. I will say that he is smooth. What I feel that they don't do well is show his funny side because the guy is hilarious. Chris Harrison poking the bear at After the Final Rose or Women Tell All or one of those. That's my favorite Chris Harrison right there is whenever he just sits in silence. See, my favorite Chris Harrison, I like when he shows up and he clearly doesn't want to be there because he's yes. supposed to be golfing. <laughs> yes. And he's like, yeah, yeah. What? Cool. Where's your emotional state? All right. Got to go. Bye. That's my that's always my favorite Harrison. Okay, enough about The Bachelor. Anyway, we both wrote recaps once upon a time. We're both still doing it. I mean, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, Jamie and I. We uh, we talk. I think we did a preview episode, but we uh, we have a Patreon community of people that support us. So we do that weekly during the season for our listeners who, you know, for a small amount of money can hear us every Tuesday uh, mm -hmm. break down the academic action that happens Monday nights. Mm hmm. And that, that small amount of money is a small amount of money. It's like a dollar or three it's, or five. I think you can get in. You can get in at three. Oh, and three. if you want like that and the real good stuff, mm -hmm. like the weekly uh, news and notes, like pop culture, current events, that's seven dollars. So, so that's great. a that's a bougier lifestyle. Probably <laughs> your listeners pay it, though. They love you. They love you. And then we have we have a really good uh, listenership. That's for sure. You do, you do, and it's just soaring because of what I believe is um, your book that came out in November. I think that just tidal waved your your listenership. You know, because I, I, I'm you write a book and you you hope everyone you've ever met will buy it, and then like, not that they don't, but. It's a thing you put so much into, yeah. you know, like it obsesses your life. Mm -hmm. And then like you don't understand. It, it's making that leap of like, oh, yeah, like most people just don't care, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's that come yes. down yes. of like putting all of yourself into this thing. And, my, you know, I think we're we're agent siblings. We so are. we the great Lisa Jackson oh, uh, is, is a common her. denominator for us. But yes. uh, but yeah, just the process of putting it, putting it all out there and trying to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. uh, hopefully some people resonated with it. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe more people will buy in the future. Who knows? Yes. And it's called The Wondering Years. I'll leave That's a right. link to it on the website. I enjoyed the crap out of it. I just laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed some more. Well, thank you. I think that something you and I both have in common is, you know, we like to use humor mm -hmm. uh, to set the table so that we can talk about maybe different, more truthful, more mm -hmm. serious things. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know yours, uh, your books definitely do that. And yeah. hopefully mine accomplish that as well. And you're, are you writing another one? Can you tell us anything about it? Uh, cooking it up right now. Okay. Don't exactly know what it is. Uh, the deadline is coming very quickly, oh, more geez. quickly than I'd like, you heartburn, know, but, heartburn, uh, heartburn. yeah, hopefully after we record, we can talk more shop about okay. uh, process. Cause I'm, <laughs> I know all about it. What? No. <laughs> my, I meant my own mother, my own mother. She said, I can't wait for your sister to finish reading it so I can read it. And I thought, really, woman? 
You can't you can't go to Books a Million and buy it. Just buy just buy one. Just one and read it now. I know. And Melanie's other favorite one that she told me about was, oh, I've been on the waiting list at the library forever. I can't wait to get it. She's like, oh, a lot okay. of those, a lot of those. <laughs> Which hey, I get it. It's fine. You're yeah. reading it. It's okay. We do not find our identity in numbers, do we, Knox? No, we do not. We never obsess over reviews or fear them like in our sleep. It never happens. Don't worry. <laughs> So true. So true. Yes. Okay. So your book kind of talks about nostalgic stuff back in the 80s, 90s. Ironically, The Wedding Singer, which we're talking about today, came out in 1998, but it's all about the 80s. Tell us why you chose The Wedding Singer to be your favorite romantic comedy. You know, I, uh, well, just, I'll be, I'll be straight up with you. Most of my favorite romantic comedies are, uh, rated R, yeah. uh, didn't know if that would vibe <laughs> with the audience. Give so, me an example or two. You know, I like, gosh, probably, probably my favorite romantic comedy is, uh, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, oh, okay. but there's uh, a lot of duty mm-hmm. in that movie. You know, <laughs> I didn't know if you'd want to ask people to go watch a movie with a lot of, uh, penile situations, you know what I'm saying? So, so, so I was like, well, the wedding singer, there's a lot going on in that movie, but there's definitely no penis in that movie. Just church tongue. That's all that there is. Just church tongue. That's exactly right. That's literally my favorite quote from the wedding singer when they're talking about what's the appropriate kind of kiss at the altar. Is Uh it porno tongue or church tongue? I have a spicy take. I think if you... Like if you, if you're getting married, it's your day. You want to do porno tongue? You do porno tongue. It's your day. We're here for you. Okay. Did you, on your wedding day? I will tell you, would you like to guess? (laughs) I'm going to say you went somewhere in between. I, I did. I was, I was church tongue. I I was so nervous, uh, in the moment, (laughs) you know, that I was like, I can't pull off porno tongue. That's insane. I couldn't do that. How many people were at your wedding? Oh, I definitely know the answer to this question. Don't worry. Um, I'm going to estimate 200, maybe. Oh, that's a lot of people watching you kiss. Right. That's yeah. what, And I'm, I'm kind of a private guy, so. Right. You know. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that. The Wedding Singer is essentially about Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. His name is Robbie Hart in the show and Drew Barrymore, and she's Julia in the show. And each of them are engaged to somebody they shouldn't be. And then right. we have to figure it. We have to untangle that throughout the, throughout the show. Um, they, that, that wasn't their first time to be together. 51st Dates is another time they were together. And that's actually your first pick that you wanted to do. And I sadly vetoed that because I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen it. Is that terrible? Listen. That's, that's home field advantage. You totally have the right. I would urge you to watch that movie because it's a really, it's, it's definitely in the same vein. And I know like it's the same two principal characters. So obviously, mm-hmm. but it's in Hawaii, but it's really, it's a sweet movie. And I think Adam Sandler's that kind of guy mm-hmm. right now where we're like, he just kind of makes stupid movies with his friends. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there was a stretch there where he was making some really interesting movies. And I, I think I'm really interested in him and Drew Barrymore because I think you, it's, I I mean, I wouldn't say they're knockouts, you know, like Mm -hmm. attractive wise, Mm -hmm. but I think they are, uh, there's some commonality with them. And like later on, Adam Sandler would cast love interests like Jennifer Aniston or or Brooklyn Decker, (laughs) like literal supermodels, you know? So it'd be like, well, that's weird. 
But like, there's a sweetness and a resonance with Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. Cause you're like, yeah, I can totally see them together. Mm-hmm. And that's a great story. Plus let me sweeten the pot for you. Uh, 50, uh, 51st dates has, uh, a supporting character in the form of Sean Astin what? who, uh, he wears a mesh tank top the entire movie <laughs> and he has a lisp and he takes steroids. So like, if that doesn't sell you on that movie, Lindsay, like, I don't know what's your problem. You know, I'm going to watch it today. I hope it is. On I should Netflix. have led with that in the email. And I feel like you would have landed on that. I would have, I would have, you didn't sell it right. That is something I know, that's though, on me. That's my bad. <laughs> that is something I was going to talk about though, because, um, Adam Sandler is one of those, one of those guys who did what happy Gilmore and Billy Madison and the water boy mm-hmm. to where he's kind of all wacky and goofy. And that, that doesn't appeal to some ladies. I'm fine with it though, but that's not how he is in the wedding singer. And it, it sounds like that's not how he is in 51st dates either. Like you said, there was this little sweetness about him that came out around this time. Yeah. It's like that. Uh, the wedding singer is the most distilled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always think his, his movies are the best when there's an equal like comedy factor, but also heart, you yes. know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the wedding singer is the most, uh, whatever he e- qualified, uh, distillation of those two things because he has mm-hmm. so much heart in this movie. Now, Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore, they get a little crazier. And and then after those, you have The Wedding Singer, and then you have The Water Boy. So, like, yeah. those are wild characters. Yeah. But for right now, like, for The Wedding Singer in this little range of movies, I feel like it's it's a really understated performance. And it's kind of, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. uh, generically sweet in a really cool way. Do you feel Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore have chemistry? <sighs> I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I think especially in Fifty First Dates. But in this movie, I think – there, I think it's maybe less, I don't know if this will make sense, but I'm going to say it anyway. I don't know if it's less between, like they have it between themselves, but more in like what they're aspiring to be yeah. within the characters. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. I think that's very accurate. Yes. Because even, even we're talking about kissing, even their kissing was very simple and happened twice. And there was n- no other kind of romantic anything in the movie. And that, again, I will say, so weird like in that, in that, the first kiss scene, um, I think Drew Barrymore deserves a Nobel Peace Prize uh, for doing that. And I think Christine Taylor, who plays her best friend, deserves an Oscar for portraying a character that was impressed by that kiss because it was not a good kiss. It was, it was so not, a good kiss. not a good kiss. So it's not a good like kiss. like old lady slurping soup out of a bowl. <laughs> it, it was tough. It was it was really tough, Adam Sandler. I don't know what to say. And Christine Taylor, who's the, what is she? The cousin, friend, cousin? She, cousin. yeah, she's the friend, I think. The the way hotter friend. Yes, and she deserves an MVP for her Madonna outfits the entire show. I just, I don't, I don't think that. she gets enough credit in this movie because she's working so hard <laughs> and doing such a great job as an 80s chick. She and she really is. pulls it off. Um, his also, his friend who drives the, Limousine guy. What was his name? Um, Glenn. Nope. That was, I can't remember his name. I honestly don't know if he had a name. It was just like the guy who wore the Michael Jackson jacket and gloves. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Did you ever wear Michael Jackson jacket and glove? Lindsay, what do you think? (laughs) I want to say yes. Did you ever have a Madonna phase? (laughs) Yes. Did you really? (laughs) I wore fingerless gloves once. Listen, I'm not built. Michael Jackson's built for speed. I'm not built for speed. You know what I'm saying? What That's was, just not going to work here. 
what was, you're a little bit younger than me. And so I'm very excited that you are embracing the 80s as much because I lived them. You're embracing them. What was the most 80s thing of the movie that you identified with where you thought, oh my gosh, yes, I did that. Or, oh my gosh, yes, I had that. Man, this is a really good question. I think this feels like a cop-out answer, but like, I think it's the dependence and the passion for the music of the Mm -hmm. 80s because this soundtrack is really like a monster of a soundtrack. Like I didn't even really grow up in the 80s, like really loving the 80s music, but like you can recognize the iconic Mm -hmm. songs of the Mm -hmm. 80s and how it influenced like pop culture and characters like that. Like the guy um, uh, in the airport when they're buying the ticket, (laughs) having the flock of seagulls hairstyle, you know, like the degree to which music can inform hairstyles <laughs> like that on a person who knows he shouldn't be wearing that. Yes. Like that really struck a chord with me. And Glenn, her, uh, that was Julia's fiance, Drew Barrymore's right. fiance. He was obsessed with Miami Vice. So he's yeah. always in Miami Vice attire. But if you notice, anytime he's around the Miami Vice soundtracks playing in the background, which I thought was <laughs> I didn't notice that. hilarious. And he drove a DeLorean. Are you kidding Which is, me? What an 80s flex <laughs> to pull off. And I, I hadn't remembered that. So when she's being, you know, ushered out of the club, intoxicated, and that wing like opens up, it's like, wow. Wow. <laughs> you know who else I loved? There there are two more you know, extra characters that I love. Do you want to take a guess on who I Oh, loved? I would love to take a guess. Yes. And I'll tell you who it should be if you're wrong. <laughs> like Steve Buscemi has to be on your list. Yes. God, I love Steve Buscemi. I love him as the deadbeat brother. Yes. And I love the callback to now he's a wedding singer. Right. Like, that's one of my favorite scenes. Perfect. Um, what about Adam Sandler's brother-in-law? Adam? No, he's not on my list. That guy no. who's like, I think JR died. They ju- he just got shot. That was a nice And he was into, I like how they hinted at his um, nighttime proclivities, yes. if you will, you know? <laughs> Who, but who's the other one for you? Um, the little old granny next door neighbor who oh, he taught to course. sing. Of course. Except That's I a great didn't care call. about her singing. I cared about her rapping the Sugar Hill Gang, Rappers for Rock. I said hip hop. I hit it to the hip, to the hip, hip hop. You don't stop the rock to the bang, bang, boogie. Say up, jump the boogie to the rhythm of the boogie, the beat. I completely forgot that was in this. I thought that was her own movie. Like, I I thought that was a standalone (laughs) thing because she's so good in it. She's really, really excellent in it. That was awesome to me. And then one of my favorite parts of the whole movie, this is so random, is George singing Do You Really Want to Love Me twice because Robbie's not back from being outside. So he tells him, let's start it again. And he just starts singing. And then he sings it at the bar mitzvah. Oh my gosh, that cracked me up because he that song is so 80s. It's so Oh, it's 80s. like quintessential 80s. And we've all like had that moment where we're in front of people <laughs> and the thing that's about that's supposed to happen doesn't happen, so we got to buy time and like <laughs> I'm not a buy time kind of guy, you know. <laughs> I can't like Jamie, my partner, she could crush a room for 40 minutes with no material. <laughs> me, like I got to know what's happening. <laughs> So I would just sing the song again. I'm like, we're going to do it again. (laughs) I was just going to ask you that because not only are you podcasting twice and you have a book, but y'all do live shows from the podcast. So you're going in front of people like a wedding singer, but more like a comedian 
And you have, I went to one of your live shows in Dallas. There were hundreds of people in this auditorium. Does that freak you out? That if it's, oh. if it's your, what do you do? What do you do? It's You just it's look at like, Jamie and give her the crazy eyes? Well, like it's, it's such a difficult, not difficult experience. It's just not my nature, right? Mm. To like be in front of people. So we have different approaches because she is more performative in the moment. Like she reads the crowd yeah. and I have to almost like it, it really is almost a stand up thing. Like I have to write my own material, almost memorize it and like know kind of what I'm going to say because I just get so intimidated. But like the balance is if I'm not performing or like bringing enough energy, Jamie will be obligated to yeah. supplement that energy. Yeah. And when that happens, we don't know. We don't know what'll go. You know, it's like, it's like hitting the break in case of emergency break glass. Like, once that axe comes out, I don't know who's gonna get hit with it. You know, so it's like I've gotta, I've gotta hold up my end of the deal, or people could die. People could die Lisa, at our live shows. Which makes it so great because if you were not at the live show and then you hear the little snippets that y'all do on the actual podcast. It makes you think, oh man, what did they say? Because half the time you're having to bleep it out or cut it out because Jamie went all rogue somewhere. You're like, nope, we can't put that on air. I that is something we learned that when she gets nervous, <laughs> she goes blue and like deep, deep navy blue, you know? So. <laughs> <laughs> she does. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I could do it, Knox. I don't know if I could do it. I really don't. It's. It's, it's something it's, it's a lot of fun and I, I like it because it's a different muscle to flex, but also, you know, we get to meet a lot of people, which mm -hmm. is the cool part, mm -hmm. getting to hang out and meet some people. So y'all just had one there, right? In Birmingham? That's right. Yeah, we did last month in Birmingham and then, uh, we've got one in October in Dallas, mm -hmm. uh, again, which we're really excited about. That's going to be so fun. I, again, went in Dallas, had the greatest time because you do, you do different things than you do on the podcast. So it's a whole different experience. I loved it. Yeah, that's right. Um, did you have a wedding singer at your wedding reception? I, we had a wedding band. Yeah. Um, I can't remember their name. It's like a, like a fancy, it was a fancy name, but it was, it was like a, the lead singer was a woman with like a super rich vibrato, oh, you know, nice. like almost an oppressive vibrato because like she's really hitting all the songs mm -hmm. with it. And I remember our, uh, the song Ashley and I danced to was, uh, Nora Jones, the nearness of you. Ooh. And she kind of butchered it, you oh, know, that sucks. it was tough because Nora Jones is Nora Jones, you know, and, and this yeah. was no Nora Jones, no. but, um, she kind of murdered it, but <laughs> it wasn't a metaphor for, for our, our marriage. We're still together. You're still happy. doing good. Good, good. Still doing Glad great. Despite it. the Nora Jones debacle. <laughs> and then, uh, what do you think is the best if you're going to a wedding what reception and you're sitting there and you're an attendee, it's not your wedding. What song will you get up and dance to if it, if they start singing it or if the DJ plays it? Oh gosh. Well, this is a trick question because no, under no circumstances do I ever dance anywhere <laughs> ever, but I will entertain your question nonetheless. <laughs> you know, I was a kid. I think I was a kid going to like middle school dances in the early to mid nineties. Well, I guess mid nineties. So I, the one I always loved and if I was going to dance, I would dance to it was uh, all my life by Casey and Jojo. <laughs> God, that was my favorite. Like that takes me back, you know, were you with a girl? 
Oh, I, w- I was always with a girl, but I'd never dance. I was, we would just okay. like stand in groups and be like, this is a, this is a sick jam. Is it not? <laughs> Casey and Jojo. I haven't thought about them in years. You well, know, you should. You should. You should I, think about them. More. I'm going to think about them all day now. I'm going to find them on Spotify and just repeat. Oh, such a good song. Um, Here's what irritates me. Whenever a DJ doesn't, first of all, read the room and understand that we're not feeling the song anymore and he needs to, you know, merge into the next one, or they play something stupid like Don't Stop Believing. Is that a phenomenal song? Yes. Can you dance to it? No. That is so There's no danceability no. to that. I did, I did know, I did, I hadn't noticed it until I rewatched it uh, for this, but they play like right before Adam Sandler realizes, realizes he's getting left at the altar. They play like a yeah. violin version of Don't Stop yes. Believing. Odd it's, move. Odd move for a wedding reception. I know, but also kind of great. I loved it. I'm like, I'm going to try to rip it off the internet <laughs> and put it on my playlist like right now. Make it your ringtone. Hey, here's the other thing that I forgot to talk about in my extra characters that I love. Billy Idol. Oh my gosh. I know. This is my favorite part. My sister and I are watching and I lean over and I go, that guy looks just like Billy Idol. And she went, that guy is Billy Idol. And Cena went, no way. He aged beautifully, but he was the best part about that last scene. God, he gave it so much energy Mm -hmm. in that moment where Adam Sandler's telling the story and he goes, no way. Like... (laughs) I loved it so much. Like it's my dream. If I ever get to like write something, I want to put like a big celebrity cameo. Cause yeah. the first, the first thing I ever got hired, like first screenplay I ever got hired to write uh, was for like a Christian, like mini movie company. Mm-hmm. And they wanted me to write this thing about a life coach. And I did. And I made like the principal villain, uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Oh, how I awesome. <laughs> it would just be hysterical to have Stephen Curtis Chapman be a bad guy. That's just fun. You know? Sadly, it, it did not get oh, me. Oh, see, you know, this is we'll why see. we need to be in charge. I agree. Mm. I agree with you. One More of, Billy Idol. One of my favorite quotes, speaking of Billy Idol, that I say, I always, whenever I'm, I've been doing these, I always think, is there anything that I say every, not every day, but in my, in my repertoire of vocabulary, do I ever pull out phrases from these movies? And the one that I find myself saying a lot is, He's telling them what all happened with Julia and Glenn and such and such while they're in first class. And like you say, Billy Idol is listening intently. Comes over to tell me how she feels. And Linda answers the door wearing nothing but my Van Halen t-shirt. No way. I don't know what to do. She's getting married and he's going to ruin her life. Yeah, Glenn doesn't deserve her. All he cares about possessions. Fancy cars, CD players. Even women are possessions to him. See, Billy Idol gets it. I don't know why she doesn't get it. And he says, no way. He just wants possessions and everything. And Adam Sandler says, Billy Idol gets it. (laughs) I say it all the time. I love a good whole, like full name address. I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big, big fan of third person addresses, uh, stuff like that. Ashley and I, we, to this day still say, um, self-taught, no lessons. Like when we fail at something (laughs) like Steve Buscemi does. Just the best. Just the best. I do. I did feel like I had to suspend disbelief that Robbie Hart was with a woman who was Mm. clearly 62 years old. Like that was troubling (laughs) for me. It's a little tough. But she had a great wig, so I hit it a little bit. And she woke him up by singing, wake me up before you go, girl. 
to leave me hanging on like a sailor. <laughs> He's like, what? Uh, uh, what is going on? Mm-mm. It was great. Um, did, are, are there any lessons learned from this movie that you've taken away from you in life? And yeah. I think, I think, you know, sometimes it is okay to put a first class ticket to Vegas on your best friend's credit card <laughs> and then tell him you're not going to pay him back. I think that's, that's good upfront and mm-hmm. honesty, you mm-hmm. know? And then I think, um, Names are important. So like if you're starting a business or getting married, you need to think about the fact that you might be Julia Gulia, you know, like that was never going to work. I love how they like embedded that in there, but like Drew Barrymore, that was not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like that should have been a non-starter. I said that to my mom. I've said this so many times on the podcast. I came home in ninth grade. I went, mom, my teacher's name rhymes. It's Belinda Walenta. And I started laughing hysterically. No, no. And she went, like Lene Ray? And I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, point taken. Got it. Sorry, Sorry about that. Mom. Oh, my gosh. That was <laughs> At least great. that's a little more elegant than Julia Gulia. <laughs> you know what I mean? Julia Gulia is terrible. Oh, my goodness. Um, have Nine. you? How did you, have you ever had a really painful breakup, Knox? Um, you know, I tried to break up with a girl in eighth grade. Um, and write a song about it. (laughs) I wish I had, it might've gone better, but I was like, I was laying out the reasons and I wasn't doing a great job, but I was like, and for those reasons, it was like shark tank, you know, and for those reasons I'm out (laughs) this relationship. And she looked at me and she was like, no, I don't think so. Oh, and she just walked away. (laughs) So I was like, all right, checkmate. (laughs) We'll do this for another week. And then we broke up like a week later, but I was always impressed by that. Just her being like, no, I don't accept that. (laughs) I reject it. See ya. Yeah. I reject your breakup. Interesting. Interesting. Um, whenever I was in high school, I got over a broke, uh, I got over a breakup, which technically wasn't really a breakup. We just kissed. And then I thought that meant we were going together, but it didn't. And so you almost got pregnant from that kiss, right? (laughs) He drove a Camaro. So anyway, um, he, he was kissing this other girl in the hallway the next day. And I was like, what? And then, so I, you know, I had to process through my adolescent feelings and I did that with the written word, of course. Mm, and yes, I wrote a poem. I did. Okay. And, um, did I recite it in front of my ho- whole entire theater class? Yes, I did. Oh, was that guy... why didn't an adult step in and stop you? <laughs> no. You know, um, especially because the guy was in the theater class. Oh, mm. Mm. not my How finest. Did he, did he change his ways? Did he like, no. let's get married now? Or he laughed he like... at me the entire time because I might have cried as I recited it. Oh, yeah. My teacher should have stepped in. She should have seen the broken heart and just taken me away. So are we talking like spoken word or like I am big pentameter stuff? <laughs> Probably a little bit of both. I'm not sure of, if it mixed, rhymed. Mixed genres. Yeah. Maybe some haikus in there. It was, but it was, it was great. It helped me process through and learn that just Good. because you kiss somebody doesn't mean it's very complicated. That you don't change and, your relationship status right away. Well, and that's a great thing to have to process out loud in public in front of your peer group. You know, <laughs> like that's a great experience for for you that I'm sure was not dramatic. <laughs> not at all. I wrote about it all in this last book. It's great. Chapter three, whatever. 
<laughs> and you know, I'm from the teeny tiny town. And so everybody from Hallsville has been emailing me going, oh my gosh, was it so-and-so? And of course it was so-and-so because so-and-so is the only one who drove a Camaro. What was I thinking? Oh, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. I had, so I, I, in the, I think in the first chapter of the wondering years, which can we just do like the rest of this is just us talking about our books. I think that's good. <laughs> that's good content guys. Like just deal with it. But I, I wrote about a kid named Daniel who sucker punched me. Mm-hmm. And like, I wrote about how my mom was, you know, laughing at mm-hmm. things that befell him later on in his life. Um, and like, she's legit worried that Daniel's going to track her down and like confront her about it. Like it's a problem. We talk about it every time we see each other. So she hasn't forgiven me yet, but <laughs> next book, I'll just change the name, you know, That's I'll just right. make it up. I changed my name and I was, I was telling Melanie and Sophie that too. I was saying, you know what? I mean, it's not like I'm going to tell anybody. And then Sophie wisely pointed out, yeah, but doesn't your mom know his mom? If you're from mm-hmm. the tiny town, I went, yes. And she goes, well, have you told your mom not to tell his mom? So she didn't tell him. And I went, nope. Nope. Did not think that through. Did not think of the trail. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Haven't thought about that uh, yet. Thank you. Crud. Anyway, it was fine. Whatever. I think that one day, whenever I get married, we'll see if that happens. I think I am going to have a wedding singer. I think it's a great move. I think you got to do it. And I my, went to a wedding last year. My best friend, uh, Andrew, got wet, uh, got married. Um and he had a band and it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think like I didn't think it was going to not be fun, but it was such a good time. And I thought, wow, this is a really cool kind of vibe that mm-hmm. this wedding singer has established here. And maybe I should do it from the 80s, like that opening wedding with all the lattice and wicker chairs oh. and Listen, turquoise. I need to tell you one of our one of our really good friends a couple years ago um, was having I guess it was her I think it was her 30th birthday. And, uh, she wanted to do an eighties theme prom. Mm, um, so but cool. she, so yeah, great idea, but she didn't relate to us the prom part. She was just like eighties theme. Uh, so I was like, well, I'll do, I'll be teen wolf. Cause I had a letter jacket and I, I could find like a werewolf mask. This will be great. Ashley dressed up, you know, like eighties prom. Um, so we show up and it's all these people in like eighties prom wear. And your boy here looking like a freaking weirdo in a letter jacket and a werewolf mask. At one point, Ashley looked at me and she's like, you need to leave. You're making me uncomfortable. (laughs) Well, I tried. (laughs) What do you want? Were you carrying a basketball? Please tell me you were carrying a basketball. God, I wish I had. I should have done that and thrown it at myself. After I got super embarrassed. Tough night for me. Tough night. Once again, y'all, thank you so much for joining the show. And thanks to Knox McCoy for coming on. He is such a busy guy with all of the podcasts and the books and the newsletters and all the things. He made some time for me, and I appreciate that. Please make sure to go and check out his book on Amazon or at KnoxMcCoy.com. It's called The Wondering Years. And while you're on Amazon, you can also check out my books, Why I Hate Green Beans, and It's a Love Story. It's been out for three weeks, and it's super exciting. We'd love for you to subscribe to the show or even review the show over at iTunes. 
you can, and that helps people find us. You know, if you give a star review, it helps people know that the show is out here. Do the same for Knox's podcast. It's the Popcast POP and the Bible Binge. Uh, would love for you to follow me on social media as well. You can find me at Lindsay on Twitter or at Lindsay Ray at Facebook and Instagram. Until we're together again, love you, mean it. Texas forever. Mm-hmm.